And again, we have um, Michelle, who's our co-host and who's been helping out uh, with the show since her first show on here. And I, we know we appreciate her. So um, without further ado, we're going to get into um, talking about um, you know, the GoFundMe campaign for rediscovering Kai the play. And um, let me back up. Um, we had Mr. Um, Ahmed, Dr. Ahmed Wolf, who was supposed to be with us tonight. But let's just keep him in prayer because he had to run to the hospital with his son who had an asthma attack. And he's a champ. He was trying to call and text me to see if he can call into the show from the hospital, but, you know, the hospital wouldn't let that happen. Um, and his own, you know, so he said that he'll probably be on again, but he's been, he's a great help with um, actually bringing his dream come true because he is a script writer, and he had a lot of things to say, but he may get a chance to come on. We don't know because we have, a you know, a longer show than usual tonight, two hours. So he may be on tonight, and he, you know, so let's just keep him in prayer as he's dealing um, with his son um, in the hospital this evening. And our first, the first question, first thing I'm going to do is give you a little background also of Ms. Nasa Usher, because we don't want to forget her. Uh, Ms. Nasa Usher, who I came across on LinkedIn, as I said, is an actress, experiential marketing professional, teaching artist, casting director, and at, and after I said after seeing all of that, I contacted her. We talked, and I told her that I would love for her to team up with me, and she agreed. And she read the book after that, and we actually had another conversation after that. So we've actually had several conversations, and this was something she told me that she's always wanted to do, as to get in to do a Christian play. And I guess this was God ordained because after. That, you know, I told her I want her to be on the show so she can talk about what she's doing and stuff like that and ideas that she may have, and um, we can go from there. But first, before we get into that, I want Miss Angelica, who who's like a little sister to me. We talk back and forth every so often. She just had a third child, so keep her in prayer. She had, you know, had one, then the other one came, then the other one came. But it kind of looks like she's trying to do the Brady Bunch, but... Let's just keep her in prayer. But Angelica, when we first met, we were like kindred spirits. And we talked and talked and talked and, you know, went back and forth. And, you know, she helped me with the book. And I kept going, you know, she kept asking me, well, are you done? I said, well, I'm not sure. And, you know, and it was that kind of, you know, spirit that we had um, together. So what I'm going to do is mix it up a little bit so, you know, I'm not going to and stick entirely to everything. Um, I would like um, Angelica to tell her about her experience. And also, let me back up. She's also been helping out with the um, blog on my website. So she, had, you know, she's a writer. So when Angelica writes, people listen. You know, when E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. Well, when Angelica writes, people listen. So I'm going to have Angelica explain such so give her experience about you know rediscovering kind, what she learned about it or learned from it. And um, the experience of just hanging around this crazy man and trying to get this book to print. And also just say, you know, give us an idea of what you would expect from the play. Okay. Um, 
Well, as you said, um, we met on Facebook, and when you told me about his book, he mentioned throughout there, like, hey, can you edit my book for me? I'm like, oh, you probably want somebody better. So being a good big brother and safe, he's like, no, you got gifts and talent for you to use them, and don't be scared. So he helped me come out of my shell with that. I'd be trying to stay in the background. He's not having that. And when I read Rediscovering Kai, it hit home for me. Um, living your life and dealing with secrets and the things holding you back. And so be able to meet a kindred spirit and somebody went through the same thing, it was very comforting and also... Uh, I'd say ordained by God because he knows who to bring to you and what to say at just the right time to help you heal and to fulfill your purpose. So that was really awesome, and I'm very glad it's doing well and people are taking to it. Uh, so that's something that it's it's in church, it's in lives that people refuse to talk about or don't know how to talk about or are too scared to, but those are things that need to be talked about because there are people bound by it. And I'm glad uh, Hezekiah was able to step out on faith and trust to share his story. And hopefully, you know, that will bring others to give them the courage to trust in God to do the exact same thing and know that they can be used to for whatever they go through. When it comes to this play, man, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm expecting some singing, some dancing. I'm messing. But I think when it comes to this play, with the right people, it will be awesome. It will be better than Tyler Perry. It will be off the hook. That's what I think about that one. Did I miss anything? Am I supposed to say it, guys? Hey, tell us some more about yourself as well about your book, you know, too. You know, just to give us a little information because when writers come up together, it's a good thing. Oh, okay. Um, well, I'm a mother of three. I'm a house mother, housewife, poet, author. Um, I've been writing for about 15 years. I did a book out called Judgment Day. Um, I wrote that back when I was in my teenage years and finally decided to um, publish it in 2011. It's like an epic poem. So it's a poem that tells a story. Do you like that kind of thing? Um, I am working on a series that follows that book. Um, my husband and I, we have a organization called the White Poetic Ministry. We're in our community. We hold like poetry nights and put together events for organizations to help raise funds for what they're doing. And we just go out to the community and love on people because people need love and need actual showing being the hands and feet that we're supposed to be instead of just talking about it. Right now I'm working on a mommy book with a bunch of other mommies that I met through a Facebook group. So I guess, you know, that's it for me. Poet, mother, wife, make a difference. <laughs> Excellent. That is great. So, yeah, she's well-rounded and she's all over the place because when I heard her, and if those who have actually heard the YouTube video of the announcing note of Rediscovering Kai, that is Angelica's voice in the background. So if you ever need somebody to... You know, do you know, do something for you with the voice. She has the perfect voice for that. So you know, I really appreciate it. And that was a story itself because I called her and I said, "I need you to read this." 
And by the way, I also need you to put some music behind it. Well, I don't have a mic, but I need you to find one and take care of this for me. And she was hesitant. And, you know, the funny part is I didn't even have anything done, but I said, just do it, and I'll take care of the rest. And she did it. She did an excellent job. She gave me several clips, and I listened to them, listened to them, and, you know, basically found out the perfect one that would actually do it right. So, you know, I applaud her for everything she actually helped me with, with getting this out, with the website, um, everything, you know, everything she has done. And now um, let's move on um, to another young lady who's read the book, you know, my co-host, Nichelle Johnson. And Ms. Nichelle, what, you know, what did you get out of it? And what do you, you know, what are you expecting further in the future with Rediscovering Kai? Well, basically, when I read the book, I, I actually read it, I guess it was about in four hours because it was overnight and it was late when I got started. <laughs> but um, the book was just very interesting. And what I really liked about it is that it kind of pulled some of the things out in the open that um, well, a lot of churches and a lot of people who are Christians try to kind of sleep under the rug. And so I really like that it kind of put those things on front street and, of course, talked about how, you know, um, especially, you know, with yourself getting through them and how the Lord can work and move and, um, you know, if we trust him, how he can work and move in our lives. And so that's, Part, you know, part of what I really loved about the book itself, um, and I like the the fact of um, all the self-reflection you kind of had going on um, as you were going through this process. So it kind of allows the reader to go on the journey with you, you know, while they're reading. You're kind of expressing, you know, how you were feeling, how everything was going on, what was happening to you, and what what it was really causing, and so we get to see it from that side. Um, so that's what I liked about the book, and uh, I'm I'm as um, well as Angelica. I'm very excited for the play, and uh, I just think it's going to be um, a wonderful testimony and um, a wonderful way to give the glory to God about, you know, things that happen. Um, sometimes unthinkable things happen in our lives. And so um, if we can find a way to still give him the glory, you know, that's what it's all about. Amen. And next on the agenda... Um, we'll talk to Ms. Nazar, you, uh, uh, get her perspective of rediscovering Kai from uh, actress, professional, someone who's, uh, you know, if you go on her website, you'll see a lot of things that she's done, drama. So we're going to actually get a perspective and get some ideas and, you know, what, you know, what she's expecting as a professional, you know, to help us out as a team to get Rediscovering Kai on the stage. Ms. Usher? 
Well, uh, when I read the book, I was floored. I'm not floored very often. I always have something to say. But, you know, as Christians, we're taught, you know, that we have to forgive and that we have to love one another. But sometimes forgiveness is hard, you know, depending on what a person has done to you or how they have hurt you or how they have offended you. But I think uh, the book, uh, Rediscovering Kaya, has to do a lot with forgiving yourself. Um, For one thing, the Bible says that when we do something wrong and we ask forgiveness, God throws it into the sea of forgetfulness and he remembers it no more. But mm-hmm. at that point, we have to forgive ourselves. And uh, the idea of, you know, molesting anyone or, you know, sexual acts, you know, any other kind of sin that we do is outside of our body. And uh, so to be able to say, you know, I did a horrendous act, but I am not a horrendous person, you know, I'm a saint, you know, all. You know, I'm covered under the blood. All of our righteousness is as filthy rags. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, we're like, oh, we're good people. You know, I do this and I do that. You know what? It doesn't matter. If it wasn't for the grace of God, if it wasn't for the blood that he shed on Calvary, we would all be going to hell. So this book, you know, made me take a look at myself and say, you know, are there people in my life that, I haven't forgiven, you know, am I, you know, am I holding any grudges? And, you know, as an actress, you know, I have a tendency to feel things uh, deeper than the average person, you know. So Mm -hmm. the story, it really, really touched me. And, uh, you know, our stories are supposed to, to inspire, they are supposed to heal, you know, they are supposed to change our lives. And um, I think rediscovering does that. It takes you on a journey and, you know, it teaches you about forgiveness and it teaches you about the love of God. It is a story of redemption and there isn't a person alive who hasn't been redeemed from something evil or who doesn't need to be uh, redeemed. So when I think about it um, from a casting perspective, um, I think that you just want to get people who are going to put themselves aside, who aren't going to be judgmental, but who are going to tell the story, who are going to be vessels to be used by God to bring about change. That's what I think in a nutshell. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Now, Michelle, do you have anything to comment on um, what um, Ms. Naza has said? Um, no. <laughs> um, I think I definitely agree with her. That's that's actually one of the things that um the books, you know, caused me to do as well, kinda 
look at myself and, you know, some of the things that I have done that, one, I didn't um, – I didn't fully believe, like, that the Lord had forgiven me, giving me. I was still carrying things, some things around, and I really had to, you know, look at that and kind of let those things go. And then also um, just holding things against other people because, you know, um, I, I never have liked um, when people kind of have not an, an air of superiority if um, they haven't gone through certain things or haven't, um, you know, made certain mistakes. And I and and the reason that I think that bothers me is because I I used to be a person like that. I used to be, you know. I was married really young, so I never had to, you know, deal with, like, all the single dating stuff when when I was in my, you know, early 20s and, and uh, late teens and all of that. I was getting married. And I remember just in one particular instance, like, I used to um, judge, you know, a little bit, my single friends, um, you know, who were struggling with, you know, what they were trying to basically keep their, um, either keep their virginity or stay celibate or, you know, that sort of thing. And so I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't what I would call mean about it, but, you know, like the things I would say, like, you know, we'd be talking, and I'd be like, well, you know, the Bible says it's better than murder than the burn, and, you know, all that kind of stuff, which, yeah. you know, really, it, it, once you think back, it just sounds very um, ignorant. Yes, it's the word, you know, but it's how we use the word, our tone and our intention with the word. So, you know... I, I just thought back on, you know, things like that, like that where I was kind of judgy with people. Um, and then, you know, the Lord kind of brought some things full circle for me and that I ended up having to face, you know, the, the same kind of struggles and things going on. So it's it's those things that it, the book allows you to kind of look back on and, um and say to yourself, you know, am I judging people? Am I taking the Lord's job? Because it's his job to judge. Mm-hmm. It's uh, our job to restore. We're to restore using his word. He's the judge. So if somebody falls and we see it, we're to help restore them. And I think um, that falls short, you know, with a lot of people a lot of the time. Okay. You know, um, that's that's a great comment that you made because, again, as one verse always said, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are not to judge or to be judged. 
um, because that's normally what happens. And I have, um, I'd like to just make note that if you have a question, which is, you know, if you have a question, just press one on your handset so, you know, you can be in the queue so that we know that, you know, you want to have a question for, you know, any of, any anything that you may have to comment about or an idea about or, you know, because as we're just working on this, we're working it out together. So, um, again, Michelle, I appreciate that, that comment because, again, as a, you know, we all make mistakes. You know, I was so caught up in myself and saying, well, I would never do this or I would never do that. And sometimes when we do things, you know, you get pride builds up. And then pride, the Bible says pride leads to a downfall. So if you keep saying, I will never, and what's the old saying, never say never? Because you <laughs> caught up and saying that, hey, you know, I will never do this. And sometimes, you know, God doesn't let things happen. He allows them to happen. We can't say, well, God doesn't know. He allowed it. to. He could have stopped it, but he allowed it many times to teach us a lesson as we're going on in life. And I'm actually um, have um, a person who wants to come on, and she's just one of my favorite people. We've talked earlier today, and um, she has a comment. And um, I'll bring Miss uh, Maria um, Wall on, who was um, my last guest, and she actually has a comment. So one moment. Um, Ms. Maria? Yes, sir. Do you have a comment or question? I, I do, actually. Um, if, for those of you who don't know, yes, I'm C. Maria Wall, and I am the voice in the back of Hezekiah's head. Um, I do one thing. I'm listening to everyone speak, and you're giving all of your personal feelings about the book. But as someone, I'm putting myself in the listener's place who doesn't know about the book, who does not know who Hezekiah is. So my question is, can you set, give someone, if my eyes are closed, describe to me what this story is and what people have to look forward to uh, when they come to see your play? That is excellent. And I already have something set up. For that, and if I can find it, that'd be a good, that'd be a good idea. Good, uh, but Maria, I appreciate that because you keep me on track. You definitely keep me. Uh, there we go. And this is for our listening audience, and those you can just listen and chime in, and you hear that famous voice that I talked about earlier. When we first accept Christ into our hearts, we think that's the end of it. No, there's more than that. We have to nurture that relationship, and Kai didn't. He accepted Christ into his heart at a very young age and thought that was the end of it. He, like all young people, thought he knew everything. He read his Bible, knew plenty of Bible verses, but that was just intellect. It wasn't saturated in him to keep him safe from the snares Satan was going to set before him as he was getting older. He was the man. Everyone looked to him because he, again, was almost the perfect Christian. But he had an enemy that was very relentless and patient and was just waiting for the perfect opportunity to attack. And that's just what he did. He attacked Kai 
and Kai never knew what hit him. It just came. And that, again, if you don't remember, that was uh, my new friend and my little sister with the six kids, Angelica Stevenson, who was my narrator. Uh, Hezekiah? Yes, ma'am. I still I have another comment, too. Um, when you were just playing that, uh, I want you to kind of bridge your story and what it would mean to someone who, for instance, when I, when I listened to that, it brought me back to uh, something that I, I want to share. Um, as you know, I've been going through something with my ex-husband who's been, who was an abuser. But he was that type of person, he could tell you practically what line down the scripture, something was written in the Bible. He knows the Bible forward and backwards in all types of ways. But then, again, he was abusive. He was a con artist and everything else. Um, I guess I want you to bridge. If I'm someone who searched a hurt female, let's just say a broken female, can you... Tell me, you know, give me a synopsis or a scenario where um, you as Hezekiah comes together with this broken woman and how this would help me to heal. In other words, tell me how coming to see your play or and or getting your book would be something that um, would help me to find clarity and healing you know, through my journey as well, or the journey of any listener out there. She's good. Okay. Excellent. Well, the journey that we all have to take, or that I'll say that I took, and to help, because I use myself as an example, and I talk to people, that we have to go back. And what I and that's what I did, go back and I'm like Hansel and Gretel, follow the breadcrumbs. You know, we get lost in life. Things happen, you know, you know, as you know, someone has been abused, there has to be somewhere where we got caught up and could not walk away or got caught up in this and you know, could not you know, people can't people can only do to us as much as we would allow them to do. And there has to be a point where we say, Okay, enough is enough. Either we're going to, either I was going to stay in what was going on in my life, and I can just use Hezekiah, or I say, let let God clean me up, which He was trying to do, and you know, start focusing on more of the God in me, which I forgot, and focusing on what God would do to bring me through this. Because again, as um, Master said, it's a journey, and the people have listened to it and read it. It was a journey, and I would tell someone I have talked to people who have been through stuff. Sometimes we have to walk away. Sometimes we have to build ourselves up, give ourselves the strength to say, you know what, enough is enough. And you know, if you hurt someone, have the power to say, hey, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, you know. I was wrong because the healing starts from the person that just say, you know what, I was wrong. Many times when we do things, we don't think that we're hurting someone, you know, because that's that, um, I always say that self-centeredness that people have. It's all about me, 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 me. 
And um, I can't, you know, see that you hurt someone. You abuse someone. You hurt someone. But only through the grace of God and the Holy Spirit, when that time comes, it's almost like the Paul experience. Paul was Christian. Paul was doing worse than what we've done today. He was killing the Christians. He was killing the believers back then. They didn't call them Christians. They called them believers. He was, you know, crucifying and you know, killing the believers until he had, till that time that God came and said, "Okay, enough is enough. I need you to come follow me." And that, and we all have that part of experience. Like, okay, I'm hurting people. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm abusing someone. I'm just, you know, I'm out of control. But until we have that experience, and many times when we get caught up, we're like, well, I'm so far gone that, you know, I there's no turning back. Well, if we can, there is a way back. And you know, when we hurt people, we're hurting God. We're hurting, so you know, we're hurting God's people. And once you know, God gets hold of us and says, enough is enough. You, you have a choice. You have to get yourself together because you didn't start off the journey this way, you know, but you ended up this way. Now I need you to get yourself together, turn back around, you know, forgive the, per- the person you've hurt, forgive yourself, and keep moving to get closer to, you know, closer to where you get back to where you need to be. Uh, right. And let me let me let me clarify this again. Oh, well, we're going to fine tune this. I can, guess we can say this because when I I would like for your listeners to understand that this is coming from a male's point of view to a female's point of view, but the means may be different, but the end is the same. And I believe that when people come to see the play, now you can correct me if I'm wrong, because there's some women who may hear you saying, I hurt someone, I hurt someone, but for, say, someone like me or people who were the true blue victims who did not do anything to provoke what happened, when they come to see that play or when I come to see your play, I am coming there with the understanding that this is coming from a different point of view from the male perspective. And, again, as we do a compare and contrast, you know, a lot of times we as women, we tend to think that no one understands us, no one knows what we're going through. But in reality, when your listeners, when your readers, when they get immersed into your story, there comes a time when we can say, you know what, it's almost like what I've gone through as a female but from a male's perspective and from a different point of view. So, again, when your listeners come to see your play or they read your book, I think that a great emphasis should be on the fact that, again, just because we travel different roads, we all meet at the same intersection. And once we discover that the journeys may have been you know, paved differently, we all come to the same mm-hmm. place. And the question is, you know, what do we do, male and female? What can we learn from this experience that can help both of us to move forward in a positive way? So, again, and for all of the, the, the panelists on tonight, 
that's one thing that I'd like for you to chime in on is the fact that you have a, right now you have a a panelist, an all-female panelist, and we can talk about, you know, the comparison and contrast with the Bible and all of this, but let's take that out of this equation. Female to listeners, from your point of view, how did it touch your spirit and your soul reading this as a woman? Get real, get honest, because this is what I think that your potential uh, investors and, of course, your your uh, attendees really do need to, to, to feel and to hear. You know, how did it make you ladies feel when you read each line? What did it do to you? Did it cut through you like a knife? Did you feel feel like losing your religion and cursing the person out in the book? What did you feel? Because I believe that if we can feel what you felt, that puts us all on that same place where we we feel the pain, we feel the anger, we feel the hurt. Then, in turn, that journey gets a little lighter as we move along. That way we can also experience and embrace the healing. So that's my question to the panelists. What did you feel as a woman? What did you feel when you were reading the pages of the book? I was angry. (laughs) I was angry. And I started getting angrier and angrier and angrier and angrier because here is a man who molests his 14-year-old daughter, and he is a Christian. And I'm thinking, you know, how can you do that? How can you be saved and do that? You know, how can you be a man and do that? How can you be a teacher and an educator? How can you do that to someone. And then, you know, as he began to tell his story, uh, you know, he thought himself, you know, how did I get to this point? How did I do that? You know, and I I saw that, you know, he got counseling, and then, you know, eventually he ended up going to jail because of it and growing closer to the Lord. And it ultimately became a story of forgiveness and of redemption and of love. And you know what? The difference with Christianity is that God loves us. It's not a relationship. It's a relationship with our creator who loves us despite ourselves. And you know what? Mm -hmm. God loves us with a great love. And you know what? It challenged me to show love to people who have hurt me, to show love and forgiveness. And, I mean, at the end of the day, that, you know, we serve a great God, you know, because he's able to love us. He's able to forgive us. And as right. we have to show that love to people. You know what? I've done some horrible things, and I wouldn't want people to stop loving me because of it. So, Right. So it puts, in other words, it, we can put ourselves in that position because, but for the grace of God, you know, let he or she who is without sin cast the first stone, and there won't be too many, you know, things being thrown around, I'm pretty sure. Um, but thank you for that. That's exactly what I was waiting to hear, because I think that, that people who are on the outside, and one thing that I have to say is that, um, you know, a lot of you, uh, I think that it's something that's subliminal. You keep saying, you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, but pretty much the people that are listening don't know what you're saying, because 
they never read the book, and they're listening to see what this play is about. So this is the greatest part when you get to – now they know because I could feel what you said. When you said you got mad and then you got more angry and more angry, and, you know, that perked my interest. I know the book. I've been there, done that, but I love the fact that, wow, I'm feeling what you felt, you know, I felt that anger. I felt that. And it was like, you know what, I just don't pull out my nine and just end this person right here now. You know, but again, it comes down to forgiveness. And it's that journey that brings us to that forgiveness and to know, well, if he could do this, and I've only done, you know, most people wouldn't admit that their sin is equally a sin is a sin, but they think that theirs is a little bit less than that. But <laughs> uh-huh. the bottom line is, a sin is a sin, and we are, we can all be forgiven, and we can forgive. And that's, you know, the point of this. And now you piqued everyone's interest because they're like, he did what? Oh, my goodness, you know. Well, now you have the listener's interest in the fact that they know a little bit more about this book and what they can look forward to in the play. And a lot of people are already producing it in their heads now on their own. So, again, um, if any other other ladies would like to chime in on that, I would love to hear everyone's. I'm sorry, by the way, I am a producer, so been there, done that. So this is my creative side coming out. Um, But I I am enjoying listening to, I'd love to hear from the rest of the ladies to also hear your point of view from the female's eyes because, you know, we're from Venus and men are from someplace else. So you Mars. know, <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't want to pull Mars. Jupiter. They get blamed for everything. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jersey. So, I, <laughs> so go. Um, I, I just want to know anybody else. I mean, and get real. I want to hear it from your spirit and your soul. You know, don't sugarcoat it. I don't want to hear any sugarcoating. If I want sugar, I can go downstairs and eat a whole bunch of that myself. But I just want to know, you know, exactly how you felt. Did it make you want to rip the book up? Did it make you want to cry? You know, how did it make you feel? Because I think that your listeners want to know this. I really do think that it would help for them to really connect and get interest and pique that curiosity to see, you know, it's kind of like Fifty Shades of Hezekiah. Get get with it, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Lord. That side. <laughs> Are you prophesying? But anyway. <laughs> okay, um, I'll go. Um, as I was reading the book, I, I, I cried, and I understood um, from a female perspective, from my perspective, of, mm-hmm. what, of what he was going through. And mm-hmm. I was rooting for him. But at the same time, I was also kind of jealous because, as I said before, is when we think that uh, what um, our stuff is different, and I thought what I did was more and was less, des- less deserving of forgiveness than what... Um, than what he received. So with his book, it did not only let me stop to think about myself, think, think about why 
thinking about myself, like, how come I don't deserve that too, or why do I keep telling myself that I can't have that same thing? Why should I continue to hold on to this when I know it's killing me? And and um, I have regrets in order to fully be able to move on, accept and receive forgiveness, and have my testimony be a story and also help others, you know, I need to let go. And his book, reading this book and talking to him about it personally was the final thing that broke open my wall or my box of hate and shame in, in, in myself. And when he comforted me and told me, you know what, because he understood it's okay, you know, we all do things that we... We, we regret, we never thought that we'd ever go that far, would ever do something like that, because we tell ourselves, no, I would never do that. But, you know, said, never say never. You never know what you might do if you put into yourself and put in a certain situation. You never know something that could really tempt you or just mess you up or just cause you to do something, because we all have openings that we don't know it can be tested or can be touched. So with me, I understood and it really helped me to move on and finally be free. Like have a burden and a weight just lifted off my shoulders because he was my last step. Like I've told a couple exes, you know, um, and it all brought like somewhat peace and somewhat of a step forth, but it wasn't that true peace, that true freedom, you know, that you feel like a weight has been lifted off of your shoulder. Yeah. Um, so when I talked to him, that, that weight, was just completely, it was gone. So I'm very thankful for that. And that also, you know, it's very helpful because abuse, whether somebody's been an abuser or has been sexually abused, I think that's one of the things, one, one of the things that hold people down and have people scared and ashamed and just walking around in darkness and an ugliness in their mind and their heart about themselves, about life, about God, and about people. So with this book, it does, I believe, it will help bring an open, it will bring a light into that area. So that, you know, no matter what, whether you are the victim or the one being, or the one doing, the one doing it, there is freedom, there is light, there is love, and there is forgiveness, and it is and can be for you too. And I would like to um, chime in. I was trying to chime in early. I think my phone went out. I don't know what happened. But um, <clears throat> can you all hear me now? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I would like to, to chime in, too. Um, I mean, just being completely honest, when I first read the book, um, I, I I felt sick to my stomach. And I was I was upset, but it was more so I just felt really just sick to my stomach, like, oh, my God. But um, what I would like to bring out about that is that as I read through the book, um, one of the things um, one of the other ladies mentioned is it just kind of made me reflect on, um, and I think I said this earlier, some of the things 
that I myself have done, some things that I myself was, you know, still kind of bound by, and um, it just made me take a really hard look at myself, which to me at first felt odd because, you know, we're we we sometimes get so used to you know judging other people that when it turns back around and you're actually looking at yourself, you're looking in that mirror that we keep we talk about as with the title of this show, you know it it comes full circle there. But one of the things um, with the story that I really love is it moves you through the whole process from, you know, when everything happened to the point um, when he really felt forgiveness for what had occurred. And um, I talked about this on a prior show, but, you know, a lot of times when when we do things and we actually, you know, the the Lord forgives us. When we ask for that forgiveness and we mean it, the Lord forgives us. But that doesn't mean you escape consequences. And so in the book, you actually get to see the consequences that he had to suffer, basically, even with the forgiveness, because the forgiveness doesn't wipe away all the other things that may have been set in motion by the things you've done. The forgiveness by God allows you to keep going and allows you to know that, you know, you're still his child, he still loves you, and he will still help you through the consequences. Mm-hmm. But I like that the book was real and the fact that there were some consequences. And not and when I'm saying consequences, I mean all around from yeah. everything that occurred. It was not just what happened to him. It was the the um break in the family. The things that occurred after the break in the family. The people that were hurt. And also I like the fact that it, you know, kind of showed a light on some of the things that happened inside of a church. There was some more hurt there. And I, I just like the realness of the book and that that's what we really have to deal with. We have to deal with our consequences, but we can still know that the Lord forgives us and he'll help us and he'll keep us as we move forward. Amen. And let me chime in there because she did mention that the consequences, and even in the biblical times, when David was a murderer, King David was a man after God's own heart. He was a murderer and an adulterer. But, and I mentioned this in the book, that even though he was a murderer and adulterer, he had to pay the consequences. 
because when, um, if I'm correct, Bathsheba had the baby, he wanted that baby to live. The baby got sick because God said, hey, this is going to happen. So he fasted, he prayed, he fasted, he prayed, he fasted and prayed, but the baby still died, consequence. And what did he do? He didn't just, okay, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. He got up, got himself together, shaved, put his clothes back on, you know, put his cologne back on, got himself together. And his servants were wondering, well, why are you doing this? And he said, he prayed to God, he talked to God. If this was the consequence, then I am going to have to accept what God allowed to happen. But again, that was King David, who still God still loved after he went through all of that. Sure. And also, you know, a lot of times people get mad at God uh, when he allows bad things to happen. David could have been like, you know what, I'm through with you, God. Um, you know, you killed my son. I said I was sorry that I committed adultery and I killed this man, but you killed my son, so I'm going to be through with you. Um, and one thing I like uh, about the book is that you know, Hezekiah didn't say, you know what, yes, God, I molested my stepdaughter, but, you know, you threw me in jail, now I'm out of jail, and now I'm on, I'm, you know, I'm labeled as a sex offender, and my life is over, so, you know what, God, I'm done with you. He didn't say that. You know, he was able to say, you know what, God, I did wrong, and thank you, you know, for bringing me to this place so that I can change, and then he went through the process of rebuilding his life with God. And I think many times, you know, as Christians, you know, we get hurt or, you know, someone offends us and, you know, we get angry at God. And, you know, that's not, you know, that's not a good thing. And I think, you know, we have to be wiser and stronger and, you know, realize that the race isn't given to the swift, but to he who endures. And, you know, we often have to, endure uh, when it's not our fault and when it is our fault because, you know, it rains on everybody. It rains on the good people and on the bad people and on the crappy people. It rains on everybody no matter Mm -hmm. what. So I felt a lot in regards to the book. I mean, I told you I was angry, extremely, 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 Extremely angry. Um, and when I was a child, uh, my best friend was molested. And to watch what she went through, it destroyed her life. And, you know, she never got back on course. But, you know, we we have a choice. Uh, we have a choice. You know, I've seen other people, and, you know, they were able to recover. They were able to say, you know what, yes, this happened to me, but this is not me. It's kind of, you know, so, you know, it really touched my heart and, you know, made me, you know, deal with some of some of the wounds that I have, you know, because sometimes in life we get wounded, um, even though it heals, it it leaves a scar, 
and uh, you know, God is there, you know, to I guess to rub some cocoa butter on that scar. It might not go away, but you know, He's there to help us through it. So I think this is definitely a story of God being with us when we are going through pain or when we do something wrong. So, yeah. It was interesting. I'm noticing that when you go through something and you have people in your corner, you all there's certain there's certain type there's the people that are angry that what you've done, and then there are those who who are comforting and understanding. Like I believe each person that comes into your life, they're there. They come for a reason. They whatever they have been through is will help you some way or somehow or will affect somebody in a way like she said she was angry and you have every right to be. She could have took that anger and said, what, I want nothing to do with him or this book, I'm done, blah, whatever, and it's been done. But instead, she, with that anger, she she took it, she rolled with it, she understood and gave, and, you know, saw the forgiveness and God working and is allowing that to help, you know, to help him, to help other people, you know, to share this testimony to let the people know about about his book and and that's cool. I think I, I think it's awesome that we all each have separate thoughts, emotions, and feelings, and that's how different people will respond. And that's just being real. We're not. I know I'm not expecting everybody to react the same way. You need different reactions, different thoughts, different feelings. You need to get those out and tell. So we can all share and connect and uplift and encourage and continue to move forward in our lives and God's plan and purpose. So I want to say that. Yeah, love covers a multitude of sins. And, you know, we serve a God who loves us. And, you know, we are called to love people, to love our neighbors as ourselves. So, you know, if you're going to love someone, you have to accept them. You have to forgive you have to say, you know, I'm no better than you. You know, you know, we're, you know, as pe- as people, you know, we're all the same. We've all done, you know, bad things, and that's why we need a savior. And I think sometimes in the church we don't have enough love. You know, love, you know, love isn't easy. You know, love isn't a clanging symbol, just making a lot of noise. You know, it's long suffering. It's kind. It's it's a lot of things that you know, oftentimes we don't show. But we should. Mm-hmm. And I like to just um, kind of, good. I'd like to just kind of um, go back to that point about the, um, you know, when people are are kind of looking and at what you've done, and not so much. Um, you know, what they may have done. And they get in that position of judging. And somebody in the um, in the chat box, um, the ladies, Nikki, 
she actually put a comment in that I want to um, read on on air. Um, it says sometimes people are hard to forgive because of their own skeletons. If I forgive, then I have to deal with my stuff. Also, some people measure and make excuses for why their sins are so small compared to others. Judgment is a great position to take if you are sinless. If you are not, well, I am a forgiver because I had to learn what if God stopped forgiving me, which I think is the best point for people to remember. Um, and that that was the end of what she wrote. Um, but I think that's a great, you know, point to remember because um, I believe Maria mentioned it um, earlier um, in the fact that, you know, people look at the sin you have committed and judge it and size to what they have done or just judge it comparison to other sins as if one sin has a greater weight than another. And I think that's something that uh, we as Christians definitely, but all people um, should remember is that no sin weighs more than the other. If I lie and you kill somebody, Yes, the laws of the land may um, treat those differently, but God's law or God's word, because we're not under the law anymore, but God's word doesn't. And a sin is a sin, and we have to remember that every day because we go around and do you know, the, the small, what we call small things like a little white line, a little stuff that, at the job, a little this and a little that, and, um, and feel superior over someone who's um, fallen into another sin that we have judged to be greater. So I think that that, that was an excellent point. Thank you for that, Michelle. And and this is one thing I always tell people, um, backing up what you guys said about sin. I said, if I throw a penny, and a penny's not worth much these days, but, but you know, if I throw a penny and didn't ask forgiveness of God for stealing that penny, and a penny's nothing big, nothing small, but just one cent, I can be condemned to hell because I stole this is, you know, those are one of the commandments. We, you know, stealing is a sin. So, you know, we have to realize, big, small, and different, like Maria said, it's a sin. And I had to learn. God had to use me in my whole situation, you know, because, like I said in the beginning, I was had pride. Oh, I would never do this. I would never do that. And I looked down on people and looked down on that. Then when I got in the situation, it's like, okay, here I am. You know, you know, what am I going to do now, God? And, you know, God had to re I had to rediscover myself and also God had to build me back up again. The meantime, you know, Christian people get knocked down, they don't know how to get back up. 
if they have no support, that's one of the worst situations. Because if you have no support, then you may not even know how to get back up. If you, you know, I was blessed that I had you know a little support, and then you know I had the word, and I had to get into the word to build myself back up, and to take my focus off of what was going around, and to continue to focus on God, because you know He is our main source and strength for everything. And once I you know took off the, the rose-colored glasses about what was going on around me, then I was able more to focus. On God, it is quiet in the room. You are talking, <laughs> but um, were we able to answer your question? I forgot the young lady's name that asked us the panel. Um, She's still there, Maria. Uh, yes, I'm just sitting back enjoying the conversation because I thought that um, if we incited this type of a a response, you know, it would give the listening audience a clearer picture of what they can look forward to and expect out of both the book and the play. Um, I, I'm still sitting here. I, I told um, Hezekiah that I'm a little bit under the weather. I've been running for weeks now. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm enjoying listening because I want to know how people feel. I want to know the real deal of what 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 it was other than reading some words on some pages. Uh, I love the fact that the one young lady said that she got angry and angry, and the other young lady, she just, she you know, she knocked it out of the park because she took her experience and she did the compare and contrast. And, again, the roads may be different, but we all meet at the same intersection. You know, we speak about sins and sins. I always tell people even seedless grapes have seeds. So the bottom line is simple. It's the same principle in life. And, and you know, the holier-than-thou people are the people that never look in the mirror because they don't like what they see when they do. Uh-huh. So, again, okay. you know, it's one of those things where, this can can really open up so many different uh, eyes that have been wide shut instead of wide open um, for so many years. This could be a game changer in the fact that the play and the book can also be the breaker of generational curses that people mm-hmm. have carried around far too long. And the book takes the word taboo you know, tears it up and throws it in the nearest wastebasket because that's the problem. And then again, uh, depending on who your target audience is, you know, in the African-American community, everything is taboo. You don't talk about anything. When there's about when a child used to be about to get a beating, they closed the windows, they closed the blinds, you know, nobody can hear. It's like everybody didn't hear the child getting beat in the house. But, you know, you couldn't tell anybody that everybody already knew their business because that's just the way it is. People talk. But, again, when you put everything on the table, that's a game changer no matter what because the book speaks about the things that people dare to speak for themselves. So, yeah, um, I'm enjoying listening, and I'm going to go back to my corner now and be quiet. So, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Okay, we thank you, Maria. You're welcome. 
page, yeah, guys. I, was, I mean, go ahead. I just, I just wanted to say that um, my honest and sincere um, hope for the play is that, you know, people are able to to come out and get that same thing that I heard from, you know, every lady tonight um, who was, you know, responding on um, how they felt about the book, to get that same feeling, that that feeling of um, I really need to look at myself, one, and two, I really need to learn how to forgive because if, you know, people can forgive that, we know God can forgive it, but if people can forgive that or or people can look past that too, you know, let me look at myself. And I think that's the thing that, you know, we all want to see happen from this coming out, people looking inward, not not necessarily outward unless they're looking to see, you know, what can they do in their community, in their church, and in their family that, you know, would help prevent something like this from happening by bringing an atmosphere of openness and, and making sure that, um, you know, everybody on the on the in the family is in the same page because I would like to bring out that this this story this story was definitely spiritual and we know that. But if you look at some of the um closer and, and still it's still spiritual, but if you look at some of the things that were actually going on inside the family and inside the church and um, in different areas like that, in the book, you know, you you see the dysfunction. And the dysfunction, I think somebody um, said it earlier, can only really be, you know, if you want to take it spiritually described as generational curses, um, as um, what I like to call, you know, pew um pew um warmers. People who are warm and pews but don't really have that love of God that the other young young lady was talking about. If if we're not asking this thing out every day in our family, mm-hmm. in our church, mm-hmm. on uh-huh. our job, everywhere, then that's where the dysfunction is allowed to come in or or wear its ugly head, and then this type of thing happens. And then people react to this type of thing, you know, that way, the way that we saw in the book. So um, we have to look at several areas. Yes, it all comes back to um, a spiritual base, having a real, real spiritual base. It all comes back to that. But it it grows out into several communities, church, family, that we really need to look at and, you know, really make sure that we are um, following what God has set for us, number one, in our church and our family. 
And then two, making sure that we are really paying attention to what's going on in our church and our family. Some of us are, are just absent, and and um, I've said that about myself at times that I felt almost like an absent parent. I was there, I wasn't. So it's like things like that. It really brought all of that out, and we need to kind of think about um, all of those situations and all of those things um, when we're reading this book or when people are coming to see those the play. It should bring all that out, and that's what what my hope is, that it hits people in all those areas. Am I on Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, you are. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Maria. <laughs> um, you know, Michelle brought up a very good point because um, you know how they they have that old adage that you're a, a dry drunk, so to speak. You're still a drunk, but right now you're going through that dry spell. And, you know, a lot of people in this world now, this world is full of a bunch of functioning, dysfunctional people. And when you can, I guess that this is sort of a roadmap back to, um, being a functioning individual as opposed to being a functioning dysfunctional person, you are a viable functioning person. But there are steps that you have to take to get to that point. And then someone else is talking about forgiveness. You know, for you, for me to stand up or anyone to stand up and say, it's okay for God to forgive me, but I'm not forgiving anyone, the realization of it is in order for you to move forward, because when you don't forgive, even your oppressors, your abusers or whatever, it doesn't hurt them. It hurts you. It keeps us back from moving forward, because guess what? The people that hurt us are moving on to their next set of victims. They could care less about us. So when we hold on to all the wrong things, it weighs us down. And, you know, when you belong at cloud nine and you're still at ground zero, once you have that chance to heal and move on and you choose not to do it, it's no longer the sin of the oppressor. It becomes your burden. So we have to, again, it comes back to the person that we see in the mirror. But until we're willing to face that person with honesty, then we'll never be able to move forward. So I think that this book and the play will be a wonderful, groundbreaking roadmap for people, men and women, uh, young people and older people, to get to that point. And it's timeless because it's never too late for us to change. You know, a lot of people want change, but they're not willing to change. And this book takes you from the deepest, darkest areas of sin and then it brings you into the light. So, again, um, that's just my two and a half cents worth. Okay, I'm going back to meet myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I will tell you, because you did mention, you know, what, you know, like, you know, everybody telling things something. But one of the hardest chapters for me to write in the book was the letter to my mother. Because, you know, what do you say to your mother? Watch you grow up, you know, she gave you values and stuff like that. 
and then you have to tell her, you know, even though she's gone, but you have to tell her, hey, I messed up, you know, this is what happened to me. Because all children, you know, children want to be successful, do everything they want to do. But when you mess up and you have to go back to your parents, well, they have to find out some kind of way because normally nine times out of ten they do find out. But, you know, that was, you know, when I wrote that chapter, even though it wasn't long, it was just a letter, it was just something that made me, it was an eye-opener to me. And I was practicing, you know, when I first wrote that chapter, I was like in tears because I'm trying to figure out, okay, I have to say this. I mean, you're telling someone who raised you, someone you love, but, hey, I messed up. I believe that that's a good point that you just brought up because, you know, a lot of times people don't take responsibility for their own actions. And that's when, again, people don't like to to face the person that they see in the mirror. And so many people are quick. I, I know people that I've known my entire life. I've never heard them apologize for anything. I've never heard them take responsibility for the role that they played in anything. Everything is always someone else's fault. They will always find a reason to point the finger to everyone but the person that they see when they walk past something that has a reflective uh, backing to it. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line is simple. Again, it's about... If you don't know how to get to that point, then you need to buy the book or come to the play or do both. And um, read it, reread it, read it every letter if you have to, read it a page a day if you have to for the rest of your life. How many pages does it have? You know, you can always have something to do. And that's when we become, we start to heal our families. We start to break every chain. We start to move forward in a positive way. And sometimes all we need is God and ourselves to do this because if we're waiting for someone else to fix us for us, we'll be broken from now to the end of time. Uh And that's that's the realization of it. So when someone has that roadmap, and they're putting it together for you to come and see, come and experience, come and share with like-minded people who have those stories to tell. That's when the real healing starts. That's when you get that clarity that you need. That's when you can move forward and not look back. I'm determined I'm not going to be a pillar of salt, so I'm not looking backwards. I'm not going to do it. My blood pressure is high enough. I don't need to turn into a pillow of salt. I don't need it. Not going to do it. You know, know, I'm just saying, (laughs) you know. But, again, you know, it was so funny, as I shared with you earlier today. You know, my neighbor sent me a message when I was at work earlier to tell me, oh, my God, she said, I heard this voice. And, you know, she said, you know, your, your ex-husband, his voice is very unique, and da, da 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 Well, he was right here in the neighborhood, two doors down, and Brother Man Deacon, uh, one of the people, he has a rental unit here. And um, one year he told me, he said, um, and these were the exact words that he used. 
Now, my husband not only abused me, he raped me and did everything else. He did everything. He destroyed my home. I was left with nothing but faith, forgiveness, and four cents. This man, this brother deacon man who owns the home, he said, you know, I know what he did to you. I saw the court papers and all this, but see, you know, I mean, like, Times are hard, and I need somebody to work on my house. So even though he did all this to you, he never did nothing to me, praise the Lord. So I'm going to give your abusive, psychotic ex-husband money to come and stay in the neighborhood so he can harass you while he's taking care of business in my house, praise the Lord. So, you know, (laughs) these are all the things that, you know, I have to deal with this. This just happened today. This man was in this neighborhood today. He doesn't belong here anyway. He's everyone from the IRS to other agencies are looking for him. Um, you know, this is a man who was an adulterer. The whole nine yards. He did everything. And he told me if he couldn't have fifty percent of the house that I had built before I even met him, I would have one hundred percent of nothing of of it at all. And he proceeded to tear it up and the court said it was okay because it was the marital domicile. So, you know, Again, people, it doesn't matter what road we took. It doesn't matter our means. The end is the same. We were hurt. We need forgiveness, and we need to forgive. That's the point that I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. And that's what you can find coming together with this book and with this play. That's what you will find in that. So each one of us can tell a different story, but, again, we ended up at the same place. We were hurt. We needed forgiveness, and we need to forgive. And I'm not just saying become a tree hugger and let all the people that abuse you back into your life. No, I'm not saying that because I'll never let him back into my life. What I'm saying is I forgive me for taking on the burden for things that I had nothing to do with. I forgive me for trying to read into everything and convince myself that I did something wrong when right. I did nothing wrong, and even had I done something wrong, I forgive me. And then I forgive him because if I didn't, I would have out my nine Glock locked and loaded, and somebody would be in jail, and it probably wouldn't be him. So these are all the things that all of this comes together. You know, there was molestation in the book and all of this. I was raped. And most people want to know, how do you get over that? And some people say, well, you were married, and blah, 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 blah. Okay, I have a spine injury. I was in the hospital. I was highly drugged. When I woke up in the morning, there was a blue cloth in my right hand. It was wet. He was standing over me with a smirk on his face. I said, what did you do? He said, now I can't go to court and tell the judge that we didn't have sexual relations, so I can't divorce him. In his mind, he thought that made sense. In the court's mind, that's straight-up rape because I was incapacitated. No way. We were living separate lives, albeit under the same roof. His room was in the front of the house. Mom was in the back. He had no reason to be there. But, again, I can tell the story and I can move on. And if I see it, well, I don't think he wants to see me. But the bottom (laughs) line is the man still. He still uses my business address. He still uses my home address. Right now he's on the run. But Deacon Brother Man, praise the Lord, he, I'm assuming that he his uh, renters, they rolled out on him, so he had him come in and take care of things in the house today. 
and I'm assuming because the neighbor said that he showed up about 7 o'clock in the morning, which meant the brother Deacon praised the Lord. He probably told him, well, I don't think her car is that she must be at work, so get in there and get out before she comes home. But, again, these are Christian. This is a Christian deacon brother praised the Lord kind of man. But he told me because my ex-husband didn't rape him, it's all good. But, you know, and I told him, I said, what if my ex-husband raped your daughter? Would you feel the same way then? So, you know, it's all about forgiveness. But, again, it comes from the churches. The churches are failing us. It comes from everywhere. But we, what we do with who we are is what matters. Because no matter what right. I've been through, guess what? I'm living, I'm standing, I'm breathing, I'm here. I made the choice to move forward and not look back because I have high blood pressure and I don't want to become a pillar of salt. So the bottom line is simple. I made that choice. We all have a choice. God gave us something called free will. What do we do with it? As the victim or the oppressor or abuser, what do we do? The choices we make is what matters. I tell my story because I know that my story is a beacon of light to help someone else who's still going through this storm and sitting in the darkness and silence. That's why I tell my story. Because I know that some women out there who've heard my story, the minute they see my husband, they be sliding up to him, hey, because they think that they're the one that can change him. The only change that we can make is within ourselves. So we have to make that choice. And some people don't know how to do that. That's when the book and the play comes in. That's what this is about. And once again, I'm going to mute myself and go back to my corner. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, she's 100% correct. Change can only come after you decide to look in that mirror. And that's where the show came from. And make that decision. Is this who I really am? And am I ready to change? And basically, that's you know what we're going to portray in the play as it you know as we go on and tell the story. You know because we um, one thing my pastor always said we all have a testimony. Maria's testimony can help someone else. You know, my testimony can help someone else. I always tell people, I did put the line in there, there is light at the end of the tunnel. The idea for the accuser, as my pastor called Diablo, is to accuse you, to make you think that you're not going to make it. And that's what he was putting in my head at times, that, hey, you're not going, you, you can't get through this. You can't get through this. Oh, you're definitely not going to get through this. But as long as we li- listen to the wrong little voice, I know we all watch television and seeing, you know, the angel on the right and the devil on the left, and we have to know which conscience are we going to listen to. And if you listen to the word and dive into the word, as I did, then the word will explain everything to us. And, again, we have to make that choice. Either we're going to play in the mud and, you know, wallow in the mud and let people go by and see, have a pity part of pity party for ourselves, or are we going to say, you know what, get up, wipe yourself off, put your head up, and with the God in you and through God, keep it moving? That's true.
Well, I'm certainly loving this conversation. I just wanted to say that and put it out there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I I'm looking looking forward. Um, I'm just looking forward to everything because it'll be nothing like you know seeing um, the difference that it's making or hearing from people. You know, just like, you know, when you, you get your book reviews and people are giving you positive reviews or whatever. So can't wait to to hear that. Um, so did, did we uh, did we talk about how, how you know, we're going to get to that point with the funding and all that's going on there? Well, I did mention earlier um, the GoFundMe campaign is actually in the chat room for those who actually in the um, event page for those who want to go and and um, start donating or telling other people or passing it on to other people, and also uh, put in there where um, you can, if you want to send a check, because I have a um, young a bishop who you know got me on, on Facebook and said, hey. I want to donate, you know, how can I? And, you know, I gave them the information and, you know, told them to make the check out to um, H.L. Montgomery um, and mail it to um, Hezekiah L. Montgomery, P.O. Box 47083, Winston, Maryland, 21244. So, you know, some people don't like to use the Internet, so they rather, you know, write checks. And I understand that. But, you know, the, again, the goal is $5,000, you know, as we can get this done and together by um, summer of 2015. And we've also, I've also been invited to Philadelphia just to do like a split scene of the play just to, you know, at a gospel concert. Now, you know, put more information of that on the website as I hear, you know, as I get the rest of the information. Um, that's going to be April 18th in Philadelphia at a school in Southwest Philadelphia. But I don't have all the details. But again, we've been, you know, asked. I've been asked by um, a family member. Actually, we found out that we were cousins. Um, that um, would I bring that play so people can actually start getting interested? Because the goal is, again, as Maria said, to bring more people into the light. And as um, Michelle said, break the family curses. Because, you know, the situation, not just that, but there are thousands of family curses out there, generational curses out there where families don't even get along. Sometimes they don't even get along because of something that was three, four, five generations down the line that they don't know about. But we just don't get along with that side of family. So, again, you know, you know I'm looking forward to getting the play, working on the play, getting it out there, and you know, watch the funding just grow because you know we're we're in this together. And I and I don't want to forget to just thank all of you who actually came in tonight, and all of you who have been listening to the man in the mirror and all the guests that I've had. You know, this is the tenth show, and I'm excited. You know, the Lord has blessed me, and I really appreciate Maria Wall. See Maria Wall because she's just awesome. She's you know she started me. You know, with my first, um, you know, first interview with her, August 17th, if I'm correct, 2013. So the, the book had just came out on ebook. So she just started me out then, 
and it just blossomed from there. Never knew that I would be doing what I am doing now, but that was, you know, all about that was all God. Because again, I, and um, and I remember when Angelica, you know, we had that conversation as she said earlier. And again, I, you know, I remember that, you know, she had me almost in tears over as I was talking about it because, you know, once and I told her once we got the gifts and go center in a sea of forgetfulness, she does not, he does not bring them back up. It says he goes them in a sea of forgetfulness. As far as the east is from the west, and the east and the west never meet. Now we, on the other hand, may say, "Well, I remember when, but not God. He doesn't do that. Once you know, we're not to hold those burdens. We're not to keep those burdens. We're to let them go, and know that He has forgiven us." So this has, as Michelle said, this has been a great show because it's, you know I've enjoyed everyone that's been talking, all the um, comments that I've made. And I know, no doubt about it, deep down in my heart, that when we get this play with the help of, you know, uh, writer, um, script writer, Dr. Ahmed, and continue to, uh, Ahmed Rose, you continue to pray for him, because you know, he's dealing with his son in the hospital. And he was a champ, he was going to try to be on, but, you know, the show must go on, as Marie always tell me. And um, continue to pray for him. And I'm looking forward to, you know, working with Naza Usher. Because, you know, I know with her help, I'm going to better do it right. Because people already started asking me, well, can I be in your play? Um, can, I'm like, you know what? I want to be biased. So I said, you know what? Because I'm going to be biased, you know. Somebody's going to say, well, Orlando said or Hezekiah said. I'm like, oh, I can't do this. So when I spoke to Naza, I said, you know what, Naza? Could you help me? She said, Sure, until she read the book, and then after she read the book and we had a conversation, I'm like, okay. I had to hold my breath to see what she was going to say, but after you got her point tonight, it's like, you know what? That was nothing but God, because there's nothing I can do about it. But let God do the will, you know, um, do the increase, as they say in the Bible. And I thank Miss Angelica, because she's, she's super. You know, she's super mom right now because I'm, I'm surprised all the kids are quiet because she must have got her husband to take care of the kids while she's on with us tonight. Yeah, he's you know, another one. <laughs> yeah, because when you got six kids, it's kind of hard to, you know, keep that whole tribe quiet. But actually, I'll stop. She has three kids, <laughs> and they're beautiful. <laughs> and they're all names begin with an A. Tell our, our listening audience what your kids' names are. Why? Oh, but uh, Alexander, Elena, and Adis. See, all A's. She's Angelica, and her husband is Alan. They're the Fantastic Five. For now, but that, you know that may be. That so, may be are you ready for? Are you ready for Andrea and Arnold? Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <where> my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, wow. so Ms. Naza, I, like I, I appreciate you coming on the show. And if you guys have, we still have about 24 minutes. You know, people have been listening. People have actually said something up in the chat room, up up, up in the um, event page. But I'm looking forward, as I said, of working together, bringing Angelica out here and her husband to the great uh, Baltimore.
play, you know, and um, get mom and maybe grandma to watch the kids, you know, while they take a trip down here to see see the play because it's going to be an awesome thing to do. And um, I appreciate everything again with Maria Wall. She's the bomb. That's all I can say. She is the bomb. And she's been teaching me. You know, I, I do some, I do some crazy stuff. And she reminded me, did you put the, um, put the um, GoFundMe and event page? And I said, oh yeah, about that. All right. You know, she uh, she was talking about putting the events page. So she keeps me on my toes. You know, she keeps me moving. She's training me. She's working me. She works my brain sometimes and keeps me thinking. And many times I don't like to think. But she's always there, okay, did you think about this? Are you going to do this? Um, What about that? Are you doing your homework? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. But she's a great woman because, like she said, she's a producer. So you need to be around positive people (laughs) doing positive things to get positive results. Now, if you quote me on that, I probably forget it. But, you know, you have to be around the right people to help you do the right things. And she was just awesome tonight. I mean, she just came up, and she's really not feeling well. You know, she had a hard week because she's a hard worker, and things coming up all the time. But she, you know, she chimed in, and I appreciate that. Miss um, Naza, do you have anything more to say? I was on mute, so I'm getting off mute. My house is, you know, child friendly as well. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do I have to say? Um, I'm excited uh, to be working um, on this project. I'm excited to see this book come to life because um, I think acting is uh, when stories come off the page and come to life. Um, so this is a great story to tell because I believe it's going to you know, make people think before they act. I think it's going to make people say, you know, hey, I need to stop judging. I think it's going to people make people say, you know, like, I'm in the church, but am I really saved? I think it'll make church leaders say, you know what, did I handle this situation correctly? So I think it's going to touch people's lives, and I'm looking forward to seeing how God uses it because, you know, in this world as Christians, we're called to be salt. And, you know, if the salt has lost its flavor, what good is it? So I think drama is one of the greatest gifts that we have to bring about healing, to bring about change, to share the word of God. To so I'm 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 excited. I'm you know, I'm just I can't wait to see what God does. I know how drama has changed my life, how you know, how pretty much I've dedicated my life to it. So I'm just grateful for the opportunity and I'm so grateful that you shared your story because, you know, authenticity is what people like to see in acting. They don't want to see you act. They want to see you. They want to see something that is real, that is grounded, you know, that they can relate to that, you know, that affects them, that changes you. So I'm looking forward to sharing the story. I hope, you know, that people are able to show more love that people are able to forgive, that that it changes people. You know, that's what I'm looking forward to, to someone saying, you know what, I was molested, but now I can forgive because of this story. Or, you know, I was, you know, tempted 
But you know what? I'm I'm not going to go that route. And, you know, the stories that we see, the stories that we hear, they have that effect on us. That's what the Bible is. It's a story that is inspired by God that he left for us to show us how to live our lives, to show us that, like, hey, everybody makes mistakes, everybody sins, but a righteous man gets back up. He falls seven times, but he gets back up. So Mm -hmm. this is a wonderful story of getting back up. Hey, I like that. That's how getting back up. I like that tag. I may have to brand that. <laughs> any more any more comments? And I actually appreciate everything you've done because, you know, again, when you take on a challenge, and I want to back up again because, you know, we had a conversation over the weekend, and she says she's always wanted to do something in the Christian level, something, you know, dramatic on a Christian level, you know, because she has never had a chance. And, you know, that's when, true. You know, so, I'm I was sorry. saying that I wanted. That's not true. I was saying that I wanted to do more, and okay. the reason for that is the last story that I, the last film that I was in, is a Christian film, and I play the mother, and my child is molested. <laughs> that's actually okay. the last film that um, that I did, and um, in the film she tries to kill herself. But God stepped in and intervened. So I wanted to do more work like that because, you know, God has come for the brokenhearted. He has come for those who are wounded. He has come for the captives. You know, he's come to set us free. And so I wanted to show more of that. You know, there is so much negativity that, you know, that gets shown and so many things, you know, that just, you know, aren't pleasing to God. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to allow more of a light to shine, you know, after. Yeah. So. Excellent. Michelle? We're winding you know down the last I... 17 minutes. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say I've really uh, enjoyed um, the other panelists, Angelica, and I'm trying not to butcher, is it Nath, Everybody donate 
um, the link. I reposted it in the uh, chat room for GoFundMe. And uh, so, you know, when you get a chance, check it, check it out. Go on there, you know, see um, what's going on with that and donate and share as well. So, you know, definitely, you know, you guys also just share, you know, share the link, share it with, with your friends, and hopefully everybody will do the same, um, and we'll see what happens from there. But, you know, you know, when something is um, ordained by God, it moves forward, you know, beyond anything we can understand anyhow. So I'll just put that out there. But... Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, this has been awesome. And Ms. Nasa, I did put in the um, event page, but just give people information of how they can contact you, just in case this uh, won't be the only thing you're doing. They may, you know, well, you're in Georgia, correct? Yes, I am, by way of New York. Uh, I actually just moved back to Georgia after spending 20 years in um, New York. So I'm excited to be in the lovely warm south. Um, I do miss the north, but um, you can visit my website, nazaasher.com, N-A-Z-A-U-S-A-P-R. Um, and from there, you can contact me or you can email, email me at naza at nazaasher.com. Um, it was lovely being here tonight and hearing all of the different opinions, and I'm just happy to be working with you. Thank you. And Ms. Angelica, who has a book out on ebook, but we'll work on getting that on paperback called Judgment Day. You know, people want to, you know, she writes poems. I mean, this girl's just fantastic. I can go on and on and on about her because, you know, and has a great voice, too, as you heard earlier, so... Angelica, if you want people to contact you about your book or how they can, you know, download your book. Yeah. <laughs> um, my book I know you want to be the background book. person, but I know you want to be the background <laughs> person, but it ain't working tonight, so get over it. Right, right. Um, yeah, you booked uh, Judgment Day. It's on um, sold on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um uh, you can reach me at A as an Alpha Q as in Quebec writer at gmail dot com. That's A Q W R I T E R at gmail dot com. My husband and I have our nonprofit, like our organization website, it's under the works right now. But when it's up there, we hey, have man. like videos and things on it that we do for the community, and that's www dot our period the like poeticministry.com. Then you can also download our free poetry album. You can find that on noisetrade.com. Just search for the Light Poetic Ministry, and it'll be up there. And I'm very thankful to be part of this, too. It's really a blessing, not only in helping somebody with their goals, but also being able to get help myself, too. And I was thinking when Zakaya was talking about the letter he wrote to mom, to your mom, I think that actually inspired me to write a letter to somebody that I didn't really give it to so I can get some forgiveness, even though, yeah, there's a bunch of crazy stuff, but thank you for that. So, yeah, I'm good. 
and, and as we're winding down, if you, again, if you have any comments or questions, um, you can actually do it in the chat room, or you can actually um, do it on the event page. And Miss Maria from Healing Through Hurt, I, I know she's not feeling well, but you know how her she has Healing Through Hurt, and I let her explain again how you know if people want to contact her, you know about her and about you know what she does. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I'm being left out again. He's going to hang up the phone, and I won't be able to tell anybody anything again. It's, it's bad enough he volunteered me for this and didn't even ask. But anyway, um, <laughs> a lot going on here. I, one thing I want to say to you, Hezekiah, is that I do believe that it would behoove you to do a chapter reading as well from your book at some point in time oh. to entice people to do a GoFundMe. Okay, that's my last bit of information for you. Okay, again, I am <laughs> she's, all, she's always the educator. Well, I love that about her. Always that she probably speaks talking to people. I, I, well, I work with people all over the world, so usually, I'm, yeah, Michelle will tell you I'm up early and I'm always on the go. But um, I'm C. Maria Wall. Let's see. Uh, several things. You can get my book, Silent Noise Lip Service. It's on Kindle, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, some foreign bookstores I've never even heard of. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you can get it pretty much everywhere, of course. And yesterday, my talk show, uh, Healing Through Hurt, turned five years old. And tomorrow night on my show, it is our birthday celebration. I don't call it an anniversary because I gave birth to that baby when God put that in my belly after I went through my ordeal. That is my baby. I am Healing Through Hurt, and Healing Through Hurt is me. Um, Amen. So again, tomorrow night at nine o'clock, join me. Just 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 Google it. Healing through her, it'll bring you to the same page here on Blog Talk Radio. Um, I have a worldwide audience. Uh, tomorrow night is just going to be fun. Hopefully, Hezekiah and Michelle will be there um, to I'll celebrate be there. because Lord yeah. knows it's been a journey. And uh, if you want to reach me, there's several ways, of course, 202-618-2556. On Facebook, uh, several ways, uh, the Marathon of Hope Kingdom Movement Group there, uh, Healing Through Hurt, I Talk Radio, presented by the Wall Foundation, Inc. is there. Uh, On Meetup, we are wild.o.w.w.womenofwisdomandworth. On Google+, I have the Relationship Recovery Group. That is my largest coaching group there. Um, gosh, what did I leave out? Maria Wall at the Wall Foundation Inc. dot org. If you want to visit our website, it's under construction, but it's uh, the Wall Foundation Inc. dot org. The Wall Foundation Inc. dot org is a five hundred one c three nonprofit approved by the IRS. And again, I'm C. Maria Wall. Thank you so much. And how can she remember all that? And you gave your Facebook information. <laughs> And I just want to thank you, Hezekiah, oh, for no. having me on <laughs> All right, that's I an inside joke. So. That's an inside joke. I don't understand. We almost made it. We almost made it. That was an inside joke. But um, I'm not going to go there. Oh, come on, Hezekiah. Hezekiah. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm I should have left you in your corner. 
Natasha left you in your corner. <laughs> well, ladies, oh my you know, as we're winding uh, down, I always, you know, that's one thing I learned about Maria. She makes you have fun. You may not want, you may have a bad day, but she makes you have fun. And I can hear everyone laughing and enjoying the show tonight. Um, you guys were fabulous. Mr. Um, you know, from Mr. Hezekiah. Yes. I'm sorry. I was I was so into the GoFundMe and trying to make sure you know everybody was doing that. I didn't shout out any of my stuff. <laughs> oh my bad. Shame on you. Yeah, was, well, Miss Michelle. I was so so into taking care of you, making sure that leak and everything. I was busy. I was doing my job. But, but I, I know. And I appreciate <laughs> that. Well. The most fabulous hostess around. Go ahead and give out your information. Okay, so so um, you can um, get me on, uh, of course, on Facebook under my name, Michelle Jones Johnson. But also, um, I am owner of Johnson Technical Services, and that's on Facebook as well. And also, you can uh, reach us online at www.jps. LLConline.com.net. I'm sorry, we, somebody stole my .com and we had to take .net. Um, and then also, <laughs> also, That's kind of um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's very serious. Um, also, I am co-founder of um, an empowerment organization for four-figured women called Curvy Boss Project. So we um, try to do a, little, a few activities throughout the city, partner up with some people and, and get out there and talk to all of our curvy ladies. So you can uh, get that website at www.curvyboss.com. And lastly, um, I also, Maria made me think of this with her lovely voice talking about the 501c3. I don't um, understand. <laughs> I am a co-founder of a nonprofit Cave Corp, um, and we actually do baby shower baskets for low-income moms. We we are um, also a 501c3, and um, we actually just had a fabulous event with um, S. Monique Smith. Um, yesterday we joined up with her and donated um, about three bags of huge bags of coats to her organization for some outreach activities that um, they'll be doing. So that's the kind of thing we like to get involved with. We've got street outreach with Monique and some other things. So we just that's love getting involved thing. in the community. Yeah, so that is all the stuff I'm involved in, and, and you can reach that website at kcorp.org, www.kcorp.org. So that's my plug. Thank you. So lovely. Just lovely. That was beautiful. Beautiful. I'm not going in tonight, Miss Maria. What are you talking about, Hezzy? Okay. Is it so? Oh, All right, 
we are winding down, so I'm going to give out some information. I want to first thank all of these lovely ladies. When one man is surrounded by so many lovely ladies, what can you do? You you know, you just enjoy it. And I enjoyed everything, all the information, all the inputs, all the everything that you ladies said tonight to help support the book, to help support the play that, you know, I'm hoping people will listen, and I'm hoping, you know, God is in the midst of everything we're doing. That's the number one reason why I wrote the book. And I told in the beginning, I was, I didn't want to write the book, but God did write the book. Me and him went arm to arm with that. But when God tells you to do something, you do it because you're going to suffer anyway if you don't do it. Because if you don't do it, there's a it's always a consequence. You did if you do, you did if you don't. So, I let him win that battle, and I thank him for that because it was, you know, it was a three-year process, and then I met the um, my little I call her my little sister Angelica, and we started, you know, working and putting it together. And I like again, I like to thank the team for coming on the Man in the Mirror this night. I'm having some fun with uh, C. Maria Wall, and you know, helping raise money that's going to be needed for this project. I want you guys to please go to my website, www.hezekiahalmontgomery.com. Um, look at everything that's going around. Sign the guest book. And, again, remember that we're doing the fundraising. It was all the fundraisers. Any event page, you can look it up on GoFundMe.com. Um, but um, go Jessica. donate to others. Yes, ma'am. Excuse me. Before you go, make sure that you tell people, a lot of people, we know that you're financially strapped. So even if you can volunteer your expertise or your time, that would be welcome also. So, again, if you don't have a monetary gift, you can volunteer. Get involved. The thing is to have you involved in some way. If you're good at lighting, if you're good at stage props, whatever, and you'd like to get involved and volunteer your time, you know, I'm pretty sure that, you know, you would love to have volunteers as well, would you not? Most most definitely. That would be a plus. Awesome. She, she, she's okay, all, I'm going to be quiet now. Yes, but again, you know, I I would thank this fabulous fabulous panel, and again, continue continue to pray for um, I met Doctor I met Royalty and his little boy who's over in the hospital with tonight. You know, he tried, but I understand because we got to take care of our kids, make sure they're okay. But um, again, like like Maria said, if you can help out. Um, check check me out on Facebook at, at Hezekiah uh, Montgomery. Inbox me. Tell me what you can do, what you can't do. And, you know, I'm always open because, like she said, I, you know, we know that everyone can help us in what we're doing because we're all one big family. We're here to get this project done. And, again, um, ladies, you were fabulous. And I applaud you. If I had If I had ten hands, I would applaud all of you. But, you know, continue to to stay in prayer. And, um, Michelle, again, you were the fabulous hostess with the mostest. You did it, girl. And I thank you. (laughs) I never want to, you know, forget to thank the co-hosts. You know, never forget to thank the co-hosts. Again, this is Hezekiah L. Montgomery signing off. And I will see you at the mirror.